0: Alright, it's Thursday, September 11th, 2008. Time for Fighting for the Faith. I'm going to warn you guys up front right now, this is going to be a rough show, just because the content itself is going to be, um, it's not kid-friendly, just want to let you know ahead of time. little later, we're going to be dealing with, uh, taking an examination and take a look at the ministry of, uh, Triple X Church. Yeah, I'm not making that up. There's, uh, there's a group out there that, uh, is doing Christian ministry, at least that's what they say it is, to, uh, porn stars and, uh, trying to help out with the porn problem and, uh. We're going to take a look at their methods and their rationale for what they're doing and we're going to ask some tough questions. Name of the their organization is Triple X Church. Their website is triplexchurch.com. We will be talking about some very adult subjects this uh in this show. Not trying to be seedy and salacious, but you need to know that ahead of time. So, but before we get to that, lots of uh <laughs> oh man. I uh, got some more entries for the uh, name the kayak contest, the two that have made it through today's screening process. Not everyone's uh, suggestions are making it through. But uh which one do I read first? You know, I, I'll read this one first. Uh, Bob writes, "He uh, because, you know, I told everyone that the kayak is red. And so um he says, uh, "Chris, how about uh the red herring?" I should name it the Red Herring. I actually think that's pretty clever. Um, <laughs> he says the folks you talk about throw red herrings out all the time. So what better name for a pirate boat than the Red Herring? All right, that's a decent suggestion. Uh, Jason from Cincinnati says uh, this one's. I got to tell you guys this this one's um, this one's near the top of the heap. <laughs> this is a good one. Here's my suggestion. Uh, I should name it My Best Kayak Now. <laughs> In honor of Joel Osteen. Oh, man. Uh, here, here's what he says. He says, using this kayak name will allow you to speak a better fitness level into existence. No hard work or exercise required. Stay positive about your kayaking and believe that God gave you the vision and self-image to be the best kayaker he created you to be. Jason, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I hate to say it. I think this is a scream, it's really funny. And uh, I was sharing this one with my wife last night, uh, you know, your best kayak now, and she says, Oh, I don't want it to be named that, I don't want to be reminded of Joel Osteen every time you go kayaking. <laughs> okay, so those are the two that made the grade today. If you would like to participate in the <clears throat> name the kayak contest. Because you know I have a nameless kayak at the moment, and uh, I'm kayaking as a means of trying to become half the man I used to be. Yeah, (laughs) how's that? Remember that? uh, Have you have you heard that really weird twist on the uh, uh, that Beatles song? And and it's leprosy. Leprosy. All my skin is falling off of me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not half the man I used to be. (laughs) Oh, I believe in leprosy. Kiss me quick before I lose my upper lip. I don't even have a nose to pick. <laughs> oh, leprosy came suddenly. <laughs> okay, let's see. Do I do this one next? Um, from previous shows, uh, we've been talking about uh, Christian the the state of Christian music. You know, uh, the Christian music industry and in its sad, sorry state of really just pretty much uh, rehashing uh, secular music or taking love songs and, and turning Jesus into your girlfriend, look deep into Jesus's eyes and tell him how much you love him. (laughs) And so we have a, a very avid listener who, uh, has been in the process of emailing me lots of suggestions, lots of suggestions for, um, for uh, Christianized versions of, of popular secular songs, and uh, <clears throat> I, 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 it has been a while since I've actually heard this one. So let me let me pray. This is this is based on the uh, hit by Survivor called uh, "High on You," and uh, he, this is because uh, I'm going to mess this up if I try to sing it. And um, and so uh, l- let me familiarize you with the song if you if you don't remember it. This is a, a little sample from Survivor's song "High on You." I just your hand before the crowd started rushing in mm 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 Alright, that's a little uh, that's a little uh, reminder of what this song High On You by Survivor was about. Um, they were kind of like a, a journey wannabe band, I think. <laughs> um, but so Paula writes and she's got she's, this is uh you know, the this is a Christianized version of the song, kinda going with the theme of the token the Holy Ghost. Remember we ha we play <laughs> we played those guys who were Toking the Holy Ghost, um, yeah. I actually, there's another video I put up at uh, the Museum of Idolatry on this. That's a littleleaven.com dot com, where uh, one of these guys takes a tiny baby doll of the baby Jesus, and he's uh, he's taking hits off the he's taking hits off the baby Jesus <laughs> like he's getting high. It's really. Um, It's bizarre, aggravating, and you just go, how did we get into such a sad state of affairs that people would actually consider that to be real Christianity? Anyway, so on the theme of Token the uh, Holy Ghost, uh, switching the lyrics up on I'm High on You, here's Paula's suggestion. There you stood. That'll teach you to look so good and feel so right. Let me tell you about the God I met last night. It's understood I had to reach him. I let the wheel of fortune spin. I touched his hand before the crowd started crushing in. Now that I'm now I'm higher than a kite. I know that I'm getting hooked on his love, talking to myself, running in the heat, begging for his touch in the middle of the street. I can't stop thinking about you, Lord. I must be living in a fantasy world. I've searched the whole world over to find a heart so true, such complete intoxication. I'm high on you. Oh, you know it, it would be funny but the problem is is that um there is some enterprising worship leader listening to this via podcast right now who's going dude i got to i got to sing that to church this sunday man yeah i'm high on you lord i'm higher than a kite and hooked on his love <sighs> Well, you know, Stephen Furtick is actually doing another sex sermon series. Yeah, it's the only one they're doing this year, though. Uh, see, i convinced these purpose-driven, seeker-sensitive churches, they have their own lectionary that they follow. You know, they, they'll sit there and they will bag on any traditional church that follows a, a scriptural lectionary where you have you, mapped out ahead of time for the pastors very specific passages that, that they will be going through as they work through the gospel lessons and, and the epistle lessons for each and every week. And they'll say, oh, you're putting the Holy Spirit in a box. You're restricting God. Yeah. Yet, I, I yeah, this, you know, I ought to do a satire piece on this. I'll put it up at the Museum of Idolatry when I get to when I get to it. But these guys have a, uh, uh, do they do have, what, what, what do they, wine tasting. oh, do they have wine tastings on Sunday too? Oh, you know, that would be really relevant to the snobby crowd, the wine snobs. You know, we should, in fact, that would be a great church to start, the wine snob church. Yeah, that's right. Mind. And see if you, yeah, that's right. If you if you do the wine snob church, then what what happens is before you take communion, you can swirl the glass to you know make sure that it gets the right oxygenation levels so that it gets, you know, the bouquet you know builds up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so what I was saying is is that these uh, these seeker sensitive churches they have they have a very tight lectionary that they stick to. You know, at the beginning of the year, they recast their vision for the church, and then you usually go into a money and finances set of sermons, how to deal with toxic relationships, um, You know, career building. Uh, then you get into your summer season where they'll preach on all the major uh, movies that are out in the box office, come back into the fall. And by the way, um, Labor Day weekend uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the summer is generally the beginning of the heresy season. I don't know if you know that, you know, so um, right now, from now until uh, roughly about Christmas time, there's this, this is the beginning of heresy season, and and the reason why is because they've got to get all these, you know, things that attract people to come to their churches. And so, that you know, they're going to go overboard because, you know, kids are back at school. There's a little bit of a lull in the heresy season right around the holidays. But then you get about middle of January, it gets a f- full-blown heresy season, and then it kind of tapers off as you get into the summer as people go on vacation. So I just want to let you know, we you know, we're in the middle of hurricane season, and those people in Texas that are listening, that, uh, you know, they've got Ike bearing down on them. You are in our prayers, and uh, but uh, this is the, you know, the heresy season began last week. But uh, these uh, secret sensitive churches, you know, they they've got their own lectionary, and so you know they've they've got a mandatory need now, you know, to uh, preach at least one uh, one sex series per year because that's relevant. And, and, and those far from Jesus, you know, they really like that sex stuff. Anyway, all right, serious email question here. Actually, this is a pretty good one. Um, hey, Chris, uh, this is uh, Paul from Australia. He says uh, this is something that's a real mystery to me. And you bring uh, that you brought up today that uh, Mary went to uh, with John to Ephesus. It reminded me of my question: Where was Joseph in all of this? Uh, Christ saved me two years ago, so I'm still on a massive learning curve in my walk with the Lord, and, and I will be till I die. Actually, yeah, that's true. You will be, uh, and uh, but. In the Holy Bible, there is no mention of Joseph in the adult life of the Lord Jesus at all. Only Mary. Did he die early in Jesus' life or something? He wasn't even mentioned as being at the cross. And it seems pretty strange that they wouldn't mention him uh, being there if he was, as many others uh, were named. It's also strange that he wouldn't have attended since Mary was definitely there. Um, uh, Paul, great question uh the last mention that we have of of Joseph in Jesus's life is about when Jesus is 12 and they go to Jerusalem for the Passover and uh Jesus uh when his family leaves he's not hanging out with them he's hanging out in the temple and that's the last we really hear of Joseph uh church tradition tells us that Joseph uh probably died uh well you know not too long after that in Jesus's teens or early 20s we don't know specifically what happened to him um the uh, average age for people living back then in in Palestine well really wasn't that long I think men uh the uh, was 36 was the average age for a man and it was 42 for a woman I I'm doing this from memory so um people really didn't live long back then and so uh because the silence of Joseph is pretty much understood that he died sometime between G- uh, jesus as being 12 and his him starting his ministry when uh, when he was 30 so um you know that's then but the scriptures don't tell us the exact story as to what happened and so we don't know with any certainty really what happened what he died from how old jesus was how jesus reacted to the death of his earthly father um you know so um yeah all right okay we're going to switch gears here, and I'm going to warn you ahead of time that this is if you're playing this loud and you've got small children around, or you don't want to have to explain things about um, the subject of pornography uh, and what that all entails, then uh, this is the time to either uh, turn off uh, the show, or turn the volume down, or put headphones in and, and podcast because uh, we're going to deal with this. And uh, if you've listened to the show at all, you know I don't pull any punches and uh, so I deal with stuff in a very edgy and direct way and we're going to deal with this one in a direct way too um for a while now I've been a critic of an organization by the name of Triple X Church and I got to be careful uh here and I want to make sure that uh you understand why I'm a critic of Triple X Church it's not because I'm a prude and um you know and that I'm somehow you know I'm the the male version of the church lady could it be satan no, that's really not it at all. Actually, I have a very specific set of concerns regarding this this organization, and I think as we unfold this uh we'll uh you'll understand why um, so what I'm going to do right now is um, I'm going to introduce you to Triple X Church in describing what it is that they do they they are They're pretty much an outreach that tries to get in people's face regarding the issue of pornography. And uh, they have used some very uh, provocative means for getting their message out against pornography. One of them is a, a postcard campaign, big postcard, and on on the postcard fronts they have a couple of messages. One of the messages is "Stop flogging your dolphin," and the other this is uh, "Don't spank your monkey." Um, you know that'll get people's attention. But uh, another one that they've they've employed is the use of uh, Pete the Porno Puppet. Um, and uh, this is an organization that uh, shows up at different churches. They have what they call Porn and Pancake Sundays or Porn Sundays um, at church. And uh, they're all about fighting pornography. Now, pornography is a terrible addiction. Pornography is a disgusting thing. And um, we as Christians definitely have something to say about pornography, and we, it needs to be handled as a sin for which Christ has died. And so, where I'm going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically ask the question right up front: Does the ends, does the end justify the means? Are we as Christians free to use any means whatsoever to reach people who are lost um, with Christianity? Um. Think about it for a second. Um, there was a there was an organization. How long ago was that? They were doing the flirty fishing. Do you remember them? That was a long time ago. Was that like 20 years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How sad that I actually remember it. There was an organization. I forget where they were based. Were they here in California? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the details are a little sketchy. But they claimed to be a, a, a Christian organization that was engaging in uh, evangelism. And uh, the way they would engage in evangelism was what, through the means of something they called flirty fishing. And they would basically, uh, the women from this Christian group would go out and sell themselves on the streets as hookers. And um, uh, they would get clients. Uh, and uh, when the client and them were doing the, uh, the appropriate behavior that goes along with the, the payment for such services, uh, the woman would uh, whisper, into the guy's ears, Bible verses and 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 try to share the gospel with the guy. Flirty fishing. So uh I think we would all say uh that crosses the line. You know, obviously adultery and, and fornication and things like that are the ends do not justify the means. With um with triple X Church, I ask the question, do the ends justify the means? And then my bigger question is, is, what is the message that they're bringing to people? What is it that they're ultimately accomplishing? Are they just um, shining the brass on the Titanic as it sinks? Or are they bringing people the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified for their sins? And uh, what is the way in which, what, what is the mission of the church? And, and how is it that we are to combat uh, evil in the world? That these are important questions that we need to answer, and so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play you some uh, sound bites and uh, some examples of the uh, provocative things that Triple uh, X Church has done. One of them is is that uh, they had they did a thing called the Save the Kittens campaign, and so let me let me play this for you from their uh, website. This is the Save the Kittens campaign. It says the
1: kittens. Everyone loves little kittens. They are so cute and cuddly. They bring joy and warm our hearts. Sometimes they make you giggle. And sometimes they pee-pee on your carpet. But that's okay, because everyone loves little kittens. Triple X Church wants you to know a very important thing about our lovable, fuzzy friends. You see... Every time you act out or masturbate,
2: God kills a kitten. In
0: case you couldn't hear that, it said God kills a kitten. So their, their slogan is, every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten.
1: So please, think of the kittens. A friendly message brought to you by XXX Church and Operation Save the Kittens.
0: Oh, this is so junior high. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, this was one of their campaigns, the Save the Kittens campaign, and they made the claim that every time you masturbate, God kills a kitten. Yeah, what if you hate cats? Oh, man, that's the wrong question to <laughs> ask. Okay, so uh, that's one of their things. The other thing that they did is uh, one of the things they're famous for is that they actually go to and take out booths at major porn conventions. And so whenever the porn industry has a convention, Triple X Church actually takes out a booth. Now, um, in their defense, let's let's keep things in context here. They their booth isn't like right in the center of things and generally the conference coordinators put them off on one of the uh, far end wings of the conference so that's not like they're not like next to, you know, the Debbie Does Dallas booth if there is such a thing. But um Anyway, so um you know they go there and they hand out Bibles and the front of the Bible says that God loves porn stars. Now, interesting provocative message. And um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself on the line here and basically say I actually don't fault them for taking out booth space and trying to reach out to people um you know in this way, at least that part of it, and, and trying to give them Bibles and rather than sitting outside and protesting. Uh, porn conventions that they're they 're trying to find a way to build a bridge and, and get communication going with people in the industry um and and uh, at least try to reach them with a Christianish message. but the problem is again the de- the devil 's in the details what 's the message that they 're bringing them i 'm going to give you another example from triple x church this is uh part this is a video uh you 're going to hear the audio of this. Uh, from a Pete the Porno Puppet sketch that they put on their website. Yeah, that's Pete the Porno Puppet. And he's going to be speaking to children about the dangers of pornography and a very famous porn star by the guy of... Uh, what's this guy's name? Ron Jeremy um, comes in in the middle of the sketch and, uh, and gives his reason why kids shouldn't look at pornography. So without any further ado, here is uh, Pete the Porno Puppet uh, warning us about... Uh, Pornography.
2: Hi, kids. I'm Pete the Porno Puppet. And I'm back again to
0: talk to you about pornography. The other day, my friends and I went to the store, but in the checkout aisle, we saw pornography.
2: Hey, hey, it's me, Rob Jeremy.
0: I believe that adult films are consenting adults having consenting sex for consenting adults to watch. I stress, mm-hmm. adults, not for you. Okay, i got to pause there for a second. Here we have Ron Jeremy in a production that was produced by Triple X Church, which bills itself as the number one Christian porn site on the Internet. Um, giving as a reason why you shouldn't be looking at pornography is because... Uh, Pornography is uh, consenting adults having consenting sex, and it's not for kids. Yeah, there's a reason why not to look at pornography. Um, Again, Ron Jeremy is not a Christian. And so this is... uh, Anyway, let's continue. Thanks, Mr. Jeremy. Okay, kids. Be careful out there. And remember, do your best. And say no to pornography, for Pete's sake.
2: A message brought to you by
0: Church dot com. So remember to do your best and say no to pornography, as you know Santa Claus is coming to town and um, he's making a list and checking it twice. All right, here's uh, here's the uh, the problem that I'm having with this. Triple X Church also went you know when they were starting off, they I don't know if you're familiar with one of their tactics in order to help get traffic to their booth at one of the porn shows that they were or several of the porn shows that they were uh, displaying at, uh had a twenty something foot high phallus and his name was Wally the Wiener. And they were encouraging people to take the Wally the Wiener forty day porn challenge. You know, for forty days, you know, stay away from porn. I guess it was like you know the purpose-driven version of a porn challenge. You know, because you got the forty days of purpose, you got forty days of porn-free. Anyway, so here they they've got the Save the Kittens campaign, the Stop Flogging Your Dolphin, the uh, Pete the Porno puppet, um, and you know they're using provocative methods as a means of getting traffic. To come by their site to get you know people to pay attention to what they're doing, uh, and um, the, again, my question comes down to: Does the ends justify the means? Is this something we as Christians are t- called to engage in? Does this cross the line? And uh, what's the message that they're reaching them with? Triple X Church actually offers uh, people free. Uh, Porn uh, accountability software that they can put on their on their computer. And uh, and so, um, you know, they're they're out there basically trying to fight porn. Is that but my question comes down to coming back to this, is that the mission of the church? Have we been called to fight pornography? Now, before you say, of course, we have been called to fight pornography. Stop for a second and um, and ask yourself if fighting porn is really where the battle is at or is proclaiming Christ and Him crucified where the battle is at. And through the preaching of the cross, through the, the message of Christ crucified for sins, and through that message being used by the Holy Spirit to give faith and repentance to people, is pornography being addressed in that? You, you understand what I'm saying? It, I I come back to something I said on the Issues Etc program and I apologize uh for the metaphor I'm going to use here but I I really wanted to find a disgusting one one that would shock people uh because it's clear that we're dealing with something that's gross and and nasty. Um when somebody has a disease like syphilis you know it it's a terrible disease it starts with a you know a a, a sore that breaks out where you had had contact with another person who had syphilis and then if you don't treat that if you don't get treatment for syphilis at that point the sore disappears and the second stage you break out with a rash all over your body and and if you and that goes away by itself pretty soon too and then if you ha- still haven't received treatment for syphilis it, it can get into your brain it can get into your spinal cord it it could um uh really really break out in different parts of your body It can get into your eyes and cause blindness it causes madness um and so you know those are the symptoms of the disease so if if you were to go to a doctor and you were displaying symptoms of having something as terrible as syphilis and the doctor said here's some cortisone cream for your rash would that really be solving the problem or would he just be treating symptoms rather than the, the disease because we have the ability to attack the disease itself through the use of antibiotics so i'm looking at triple x church and their efforts and we're going to listen to um, we're going to actually listen to uh, sound bites from a uh, interview that brandon piety did he's one of the one of the leaders at triple x church we're gonna, I'm going to play some sound bites for you regarding what Triple X is ju- doing from their own words and their own philosophy. And I, I want to come back to the question, are they dealing with symptoms or are they actually attacking the disease? Because I think going out and fighting pornography is the equivalent of fighting symptoms rather than dealing with the disease of sin. And the only way that the disease of sin is dealt with definitively is by Christ and him crucified for our sins. We're called to go and make disciples, to preach Christ, to preach, the re- to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins. That's the mission of the church. And, you know, and we're called to do it, you know, it to a dying world. So I, I'll give, I'm going to give uh, X Church kudos on the fact that they're willing to, to do what I think a lot of people are afraid to do. And that is to go to where the people are who are consuming this stuff and and try to find a way of engaging them in a conversation regarding what they're doing. My bigger concern, though, is that uh, it seems to me that they're treating symptoms and they're really not addressing the bigger issue. And that is our 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 sin problem as a whole. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll have to pick this up after we get back from our break. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith, and my name is Chris Rosebro. And if you would like to email me regarding this topic, you can do so. I understand this is a uh, this is a difficult topic to talk about, and we need to hit it straight up. And so uh, I apologize that this might be a, a little bit uh, on the uh, difficult to deal with side. But uh, send me your thoughts and comments. You can do so at uh, Talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. That's Talkback at fightingforthefaith.com dot com, and we'll be right back. We'll <laughs>
2: listening to pirate christian radio we'll be taking your false doctrine now (laughs) my local christian bookstore just sells jesus schlock where can i find good material we at newreformationpress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn radio program, including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at newreformationpress.com. Or the big picture audio presentation, Bible in an Hour, by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com. Finally, Reformation Theology Made Accessible.
0: Alright, welcome back to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebrough. We're in the middle of a, a difficult topic, one that needs to be talked about, though, in adult ways. Talking about the ministry of X Church and their efforts to fight pornography. Do the ends justify the means? Are they reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ or are they instead uh reaching them with a moral message that's just really the equivalent of attacking symptoms, but really not getting to the root disease itself? This is important stuff that we need to answer because uh I see Triple X Church as one of those those ministries that a lot of people are looking to and saying that this is an example of uh the what's going right in the church, and I'm looking at it and going, No, um, there's some good things about it, but I don't think this is an example of what's right. I think there's some stu- there's some stuff here that's wrong, and it needs to be addressed and it needs to be talked about in a Christian way and in light of the scriptures. So we're going to listen to some sound bites. This is Brandon Piety. He appeared on the Justice and Mercy podcast, and uh, you're going to hear some sa- sound bites from him. He's uh, one of the major leaders there. And uh, the first question up is, uh, that he answers is, what is Triple X Church? What are they all about? And without any further ado, let's hear from Brandon Piety from X Church.
1: Yeah, X Church was started in, as a response to a problem um, out in California about six years ago. Craig and Mike, the founders of Triple X Church, just saw overwhelmingly a bunch of youth dealing with the issue of pornography, and they didn't really have anywhere to point them. So they decided, hey, let's make a website with some resources, some books, some Bible studies, some stuff to actually help teens out. So they did. They started a website since the ministry has grown. And basically what Triple X Church does is we challenge people on the issue of pornography, people in the industry and people in the church and everyone in between. Our goal is to start conversations about sometimes taboo and secretive subject matter, especially in the church. so we kind of have two, two facets of our ministry. We've got one is dealing with people in the church, empowering the church to deal with the issue of pornography, and then two is ministering to people in the pornography industry or people that have been affected by this heavily. So you kind of got two things going on.
0: Okay, so uh, they exist to confront people regarding the pornography issue, kind of bring it out into the open because it's uh, a secret thing that most people are, it's a taboo that most people don't want to talk about. All right, so he uh, he's asked the question regarding you know how bad is the problem you know, for Christians regarding pornography. So here's Brandon Piety answering that question about how how uh, pornography has impacted Christians in the church.
1: Yeah, definitely. Forty nine percent of Christian families say it's an issue within their household. About a third of pastors are dealing heavily with pornography. Those are just statistics, Uh, and they're not, you know, entirely precise. But when it comes down to it, what we say is, uh, about half of Christian people deal with this. Half, and man, it is a huge issue. It's a huge issue in the church because we just don't talk about it. When it comes down to it, is, you know, seldom do you have a church that takes a whole entire Sunday to address pornography. We've.
0: Okay, I got to stop him there. Did you hear that he says seldom do you have a church that'll take an entire Sunday to deal with the issue of pornography. (laughs) Have to comment. Um, Is that what the church is called to do? To dedicate an entire Sunday to deal with the issue of pornography? Now, I understand that pornography is a severe issue in the Christian church, even among men who are pastors. The question is, um, are we called to dedicate an entire Sunday to deal with the issue of pornography? Um. Considering the fact that a lot of seeker-sensitive churches have completely biffed, it, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to actually preaching about sin and repentance, and instead are uh, are giving us the good ship lollipop version of the of the Bible, um, I, I can see why they're advocating for hey hey you know you have a sunday where you talk about finances and you have a sunday where you talk about uh relationships and you have sundays uh, entire sermon series we talk about having a good career and then another sermon series about raising healthy children and making them happy and 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 you know can we can we have at least just one sunday where we can talk about this very important issue of pornography i don't think you would have to dedicate an entire sermon or or sunday to pornography if your pastor is actually doing the work of preaching through the scriptures and is using the law lawfully in a way to call out sin, call it what it is, drive you to your knees in utter despair and show you how wicked your deeds are. Pornography is wicked. It melts your brain. Pornography is wicked. It's a sin. It is. It goes against what God has called us to do in his Ten Commandments regarding thou shalt not commit adultery. And it needs to be treated as such. But far too many churches don't preach about sin anymore, and you, you know, you'd be hard pressed to get anybody who calls themselves a Christian to even begin to tell you what the Ten Commandments are. They'll tell you what their purpose is. They'll tell you what your shape is. They're their shape, you know, because you have your your shape thing that you do in purpose driven churches. But man, press them on uh, what the Ten Commandments are and what really sins are. Uh, no, that'd be hard. That'd be hard for them to do. You know, we have on the one hand you got Christians out there saying we have to have the Ten Commandments posted in courtrooms and on public grounds, but they wouldn't be able to tell you what they are. They just want them there. Ridiculous. Anyway, <clears throat> had to had to pontificate and wax eloquent there.
1: So we continue. We've seen a lot of progress in the last last six years. I mean, three hundred churches around the country and and the world have actually had a Porn Sunday, which is kind of our program to actually deal with this issue head on from the pulpit and we see overwhelmingly when a church talks about it and there's this deep sigh of relief in the pews that oh they actually care that I'm dealing with this in my life and what it comes down to is when it's out in the open when the church and the pastor gets behind it and says hey we're here for you some amazing things happen in communities and one thing is you can talk about the problem all day long but we want to talk about solutions
0: all right, this is important. He says you can talk about the problem all day long, but they want to talk about solutions. Is the solution to pornography Christ and Him crucified? Should be, don't you think? Well, let's hear what they say.
1: We want to talk about things. Actually, churches. We give away free accountability software. A church. If you are a church leader. What if you burned that accountability software for every person and every family in in your community and gave it out on a Sunday morning after?
0: Even if you did that and everybody ha- was now accountable regarding pornography, they still wouldn't be Christian. I- I'm going to say something really provocative because they're so provocative. You know, it makes it right for me to do so, right? Even if they were to take their Wally the Wiener, their 25 foot phallus, and magically wave it over everybody and get ri- got rid of pornography everywhere in America they wouldn't have made a single Christian. If you were able to wipe out with the snap of your fingers, just eliminate pornography from every computer system in the world, from every liquor store in your community and on the planet, you still would not have made a single Christian. Not one. Because Christianity is not about... Morally pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and being and improving yourself morally. Does that happen through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the means of grace? You bet your bippy it does. But you're focusing on the wrong thing when you're focusing on the symptoms and not the cure. We continue.
1: Your sermon that was addressing pornography. That's a beautiful thing to us. And yeah, half of, christian people are dealing with this so it is quite a large problem
0: all right so now he's talking the next sound but has to do with the the, you know the fact that pornography is a secret thing that people deal with so we continue
1: what it comes down to is just that secret thing it's taboo no one really wants to talk about it so our kind of message is hey let's talk about it our approach is a little funny. Um, we kind of we, we use humor and some other things to kind of get the message out there. We call ourselves the number one Christian porn site um, basically because there 's no one else uh, and there 's no christian porn it's it 's basically it 's just a funny tagline um, so
0: well that 's good news yeah, at least we don 't have our church ladies you know, spread Eagle on their website. All right. Now, So he's going he's gonna to answer the question, why, why do you engage in such provocative campaigns that you do, like Wally the Wiener, um, uh, Pete the Porno Puppet, the uh, Save the Kittens campaign and things like that? Listen carefully to his answer regarding the whys, regarding what they do.
1: A lot of our methods and tactics, we know they won't work in the church because they're supposed to be used elsewhere. A lot of times, the reason we do get criticisms is because whether Wally the Wiener, Pete the Porno Puppet, or you know, we have a new campaign called Porn is Bipartisan, all these kind of campaigns, they're things that are used outside of the church. They're things to reach people that would never step foot into a church. Within the context, it's a response to people that have different values and diff- different system, really, than a Christian-based value system. So for us... If we, with our tagline, number one Christian porn site, are getting people to talk about porn, it's a means to an end.
0: Okay, so he just admitted that uh, these are provocative things that they're engaging in. They know that it won't work in the church. wonder why. Well, actually, I think it probably would nowadays with what's going on in these seeker-sensitive and purpose-driven churches. Um... They've, But they say, well, because the people we're trying to reach are so immoral, we're using immoral means to try to, to reach them. He's basically said, it's a means to an end. So I ask the question, do the ends justify the means? Do the ends justify the means? And their goal, again, his stated goal is we want people to talk about pornography. Well, I want people to talk about Christ. I want people to to be confronted with who Jesus is and what he's done for them. Now, pornography might be an avenue for opening up a conversation that gets to Christ, but uh, let's, we're going to have to hear more from uh, Brandon Piety regarding this issue. So we continue. He's uh, continuing his discussion regarding the ends justifying the means.
1: So, you know, A lot of times we, get, we take a lot of heat for that. Wally the wiener, we blew up Wally at porn shows. That's the whole entire purpose of Wally. It was the forty-day porn challenge. Basically, was stop looking at porn for forty days, and we had people sign up at the porn show, the actual pornography convention, where there's sixty thousand people coming to consume consume this stuff, and we we got a hundred people to sign up for this thing.
0: Okay, got to stop there. Listen to that.
1: Wally the Wiener
0: was there for the Wally the Wiener porn challenge, and they were out of the sixty thousand people that showed up to these um, porn conferences. They were able to get 100 people who committed to stop looking at pornography for one uh, for 40 days. Does that make them Christians? Are they more moral because they stopped for 40 days? Maybe it, it, it coincided with Lent. You know, What are you giving up for Lent? Well, I'm going to give up pornography for Lent. Yeah, me too. I'm going to give up hookers. Oh, you're so moral. You Christian, you. Ugh. Oh. I'm going to give up beating my wife for 40 days. Yeah, come on! <laughs> wow. Yeah, the you see what I'm saying here? Are they? Does the ends justify the means? And are they attacking symptoms rather than really getting to the root cause? Let's continue.
1: We keep in touch with these people, and even to this day, they're like, "I, I took the Wall, I took the Wally the Wiener challenge about." Um, you know, a couple of years ago. So within context, these things work. Pete the Porno Puppet was basically a funny a funny skit to get out there on the Internet. Not everything we have is appropriate for church. We understand that, and we're trying to reach multiple levels of people with all in all different kinds of walks of life.
0: You know, this reminds me of a YouTube video that I saw. With, uh, there was a church that wanted to do one of these sex challenges, you know, best sex ever kind of thing. And they that was their sermon series, and so what did they do? They 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 put together these, uh, these half sheet postcard things that they sent out to everybody in their community. They sent out like tens of thousands of these postcards, and the and the cover of it had like a uh the, like a picture of a of a guy's part of his chest and part of his neck, and he was wearing a white shirt, and on the on 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 his collar was a red lipstick stain. And, it, and, and the, the, like, the, the headline on there said, Best Sex Ever, and, uh, or Red Hot Sex, or something like that. It's at, it's at the Museum of Idolatry in the Christian Erotica sec- section. But it said, be- you, know, you know, best, you know, red hot sex. And the non-Christians who received the postcard were offended that a Christian church would be so immoral. You know there's something wrong when non-believers have a higher moral standard than the church. You know, and they're complaining about how immoral the church is. <clears throat> anyway, let's see here. Moving along. Um, all right. He's, he, so what do you, the next uh, question that uh, Piety is going to answer is, uh, what do you say to someone who is uh, not a Christian uh, who likes porn? So you know, the, the, what do you say to a Christian, somebody who isn't a Christian who likes porn? This is his his answer to this question.
1: I think what it comes down to is a lot of times what I tell those people because overwhelmingly at a porn show we we have a lot of conversations like that. I say, I know something that's better than porn, and I feel a lot of times they're like, Yeah, right. Yeah, sure, sure you do. And it's like, Yeah, I do. I think that this life that I have, like that I'm after is far greater than porn. I've been into porn, so I know I have a reference point. And I try to do it in such a way that's like, you don't want to look at this stuff. There's a common thread from people in the industry to people consuming this stuff to Christians. And it's all that they don't want to be doing this stuff. Yeah, the guy looks at looks at the stuff on the Internet, and he says, yeah, I love looking at it. But when it comes down to it, if you talk to people over and over and actually have a real conversation with them, a lot of these guys want to get married, or a lot of these guys were married, and now they're looking at porn. It's not the the fullness. It's not the full thing. And we, well, we just
0: okay. So their argument that you know they're basically going out there and telling people that, uh, um, we know something better than porn. Kind of like the uh, the token up the spirit people. You know, we got a drug that's better than uh, than real drugs. It's Jesus. Yeah, man, token the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is your porn substitute. Well, no, it's not even Jesus, because Jesus is missing at this point. What's the substitute for pornography? A better life. A a, a more satisfying life. You know, I just don't think that's going to be a really convincing argument to the guy who's really uh, super addicted to this kind of stuff. I just don't see that as the answer. You know that that guy's gonna say, "I, I, no, I'm sorry, but Jesus is not better than pornography." You know, not Jesus, but your lifestyle. That because it's, I keep, I keep coming back to Jesus, but these guys aren't promoting Jesus; they're promoting a happier lifestyle.
1: Hmm. Challenge him with is, "Hey, like this is just a cheap substitute for the real deal. Like this is just a cheap substitute; it's a generic, and it's not the full." gamut that God has for you. And we challenge people with that. Um, and I think people when they see... our Although, you know, I,
0: I've talked about pastoral pornography. <laughs> well, that's my term for the fact that uh, having a television screen pastor is a cheap substitute for having a real one. So I've used this argument.
1: <sighs> our passion behind the fact that there is something better than porn, that's attractive to them. And when we say Jesus does love porn stars, that brings up, that raises a lot of eyebrows. People say, what? Like, you guys firmly believe that. Yeah, Jesus does love porn stars. He doesn't love the porn, but he loves people. And when I, I, I talked to a guy at this last porn show.
0: Now, uh, so this is the work, we kind of do this little gray area here. You know, absolutely, we should be reaching out to porn stars. We must be reaching out to porn stars. You know, we must be reaching out to people who are addicted to these things. But what are we reaching them with? What are we going to reach them with?
1: Start talking to him. He's actually a writer in the industry. He's a guy who basically runs a website and a newspaper, an online newspaper for the industry. Gossip, news, technology, everything that's going on in the industry, and he writes about it. Well, he came to me and he said, you know what? I've seen you guys here. And he was a little mad. We had this hour-long conversation, and he was literally mad that basically people like us. Because we're likable, we're kind of people that, you know, we don't slam the Jesus, we're not protesting, we're just.
0: We don't slam the Jesus, and we're not protesting. We don't slam the. We're not going to give you Jesus, and we're not protesting. I never understood what's the point of protesting a porn conference. These are non Christians, they're not supposed to be Christian. Now, if there was a church out there promoting pornography, I think we should protest that. But uh, non-Christians do what non-Christians do, folks. They sin. And you still sin, too. What are we going to reach people with? Are we going to treat symptoms? Or are we going to give them the absolute cure for the disease, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified for our
1: sins? Saying, hey, if you want it, here it is. We're an option. And he said, you know, but bottom line is, is you're out there on college campuses debating Ron Jeremy, a huge porn star. You're saying this stuff is detrimental to relationships. And it's, I look him in the eyes and say, yeah, it is. But, man, you know what it comes down to? I see you, his name is Russell. Russell, I see you as a person that's not associated with your job and not associated with your porn website. I don't care about that. I just care about you as a person. It's amazing when you-
0: Hmm. I just care about you as a person. I want you to have a better lifestyle. I want you to have... You know, what I have is... You know, my lifestyle is better than the one that involves porn. You know... It's not that great of an argument, if you ask me. Let me fast forward here. We're going to come to the next question that he's going to deal with. And it has to do with the subject of... um, why is there such a big gap in the perception that people in the in the porn industry have of triple x church compared to generic christians you know because uh, i don't know if you've seen these youtube videos but i mean ron jeremy and uh, the guy the the head of triple x church they actually did a uh, a wwf wrestling smackdown together um you know they've they've gone on the road and debated each other they're buds and I'm not saying that hanging out and having a meal with uh, Ron Jeremy is a bad thing. I just, you know, what is he reaching him with? So let's continue.
1: I mean, because we go to Miami last year, and there's people protesting the show. There's Christians that call themselves Christians that wear the name of Jesus on their sleeve there, that are saying, you're going to hell as you're walking into the show. And, you know, we walk by and we laugh at them, and, obviously it's a great video for us to go out and confront them and say, hey, what the heck are you guys doing? And people, it's funny because that works in reversal for us because people really like us more than the protesters. But this is what they see. This is what they have to consume. The protesters, they get to, you know, the people on television, on TVN, that are saying, you know, down with this and down with that. And not at all TBNs wrong, but a lot of times there's this morality. Now, this is
0: interesting, okay, I'm a firm believer that uh, if there's an error in the church, that the opposite error is not the solution. <laughs> okay? Um, if there's an error in the church, the opposite error is not the solution. And I'm wondering if X Church isn't the exact opposite error of those who are out there with their bullhorns only preaching hellfire and brimstone but aren't preaching Christ. These guys are preaching a freer lifestyle, but they're not preaching Christ. You see what I'm saying? The opposite error isn't the truth.
1: Kind of like the Christian right pushes this moral argument on these people that are really people. Their, their morality is a result of you know they, they don't know God. But if we can put God on display and show them hope, then I think that's come, what it comes down to. Is instead of judging, we we need to be credible to these people because we keep preaching that that what they do is wrong. We'll never be credible
0: okay so yeah again I, the opposite error is not the truth a legalistic hellfire and brimstone uh, approach to this problem I think is an error for instance the Joan you know was it Westboro Baptist Church people you know the God hates fags people that yeah that's 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 one error but the opposite error that you don't confront somebody with their sins and call them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ that also is an error. Again, the ends, do they justify the means? And what is it that they're bringing to people? What is the message that Triple X Church is bringing to people who are addicted to pornography? Is it Jesus Christ crucified for your sins, repent and believe the gospel? Or something else? This is telling.
1: We actually are available to these people. I think for the longest time, people... And what it comes down to is that they've just been hurt and kind of scarred by religion. And maybe it's their church they grew up in. or
0: No, I get that. I actually get that. Hurt and scarred by religion. Been there. Done that. Still, they need Christ and Him crucified. And they need to be confronted with their sins as well.
1: Stuff on TV, but they've been kind of hurt and scarred by it. And a lot of times it's us at the shows trying to put, we're putting band-aids on some of these wounds. Because it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. you know... And I had a girl email me not too long ago who's in the industry. I met her at a show, and she works as a secretary at a porn company. And, you know, it was just she, she's my age, and she's into music. She's not an actress or anything like that. And we emailed back and forth, and she emailed me the other day about the God Hates Fags people, um, Westboro Baptist Church. And I had to sit there and defend my faith to a gal in the industry that my faith is credible, and I don't think Jesus is any part of the God Hates fags people. I don't at all. And I have to sit there and tell someone in the industry. So what they kind of get is these people out there are supposedly representing Jesus, but yet when it comes down to this, they're not. Okay.
0: Well, you're condemning and pointing out the fact that the Westboro Baptist people are not representing Jesus. Are you representing Jesus, uh, Mr. Piety? Are you? I mean, I understand you're being loving and reaching out and doing, uh, doing stuff that most people, that because it's a taboo, wouldn't consider doing. You're actually having meals with these people. Jesus had meals with uh, prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners. and I think in that sense, you're right on track. But are you really bringing them Christ? That's the question. Let me fast forward
1: here. do
0: <laughs> twenty five there we go okay yeah i'm gonna, i'm gonna using a different piece of software to try to fast forward through these things um there's a section in here where uh they ask the question how do you respond to christian critics people who are Christians who are critic who are critical of what they're doing and I think this is the one here I got this queued up um and way of the master radio had taken uh X Church to task, and uh, let's let's see if this is the
1: quote here. Well, the moment that we saw it, actually,
0: yeah, this, this is it. This is him responding to Christian critics, uh, specifically Way of the Master
1: Radio, when they took on uh, X Church. We consumed. We put it on the front page of our website. So, the way <laughs> we kind of respond is we actually we post hate mail. Um, so we call this kind of our ultimate hate mail. Um, so we posted it on our website, and we wrote kind of. Uh, you know, a funny couple paragraphs, but we've heard it all in six years. And what this guy has to say isn't really anything new. It's, you know, they take a lot of things way out of context, um, way, way out of context. And, you know, the way we respond to it is you guys are kind of wacky. Like it's great, but call us like, why don't you have us on the show? If you really want to talk, like, why don't you have us on the show? Um, and we we hold to that. If anyone opposes us, we, we put an open invitation to these guys to come on our podcast. And, you know, they don't respond. Um, and That's because they don't want a real argument. Uh, Why do I
0: get the feeling I'm going to end up on the Triple X podcast sometime soon? The other guys don't want a real argument. <laughs> oh, man. There's one more sound button. I think this is the one that is most important has to do with uh, specifically the types of challenges that I would bring up, and, and that is is that how do you respond to critics who say they don't see the gospel at Triple X Church? They don't see it. They don't hear it. What do you have to say to that, Brandon Piety? Which, by the way, that's my complaint.
1: Um, we've never been accustomed to putting lots of crosses and stained glass on our website or Bible verses, um,
0: no crosses uh, when did stained glass become a, um a mandatory thing when did, when did when did stained glass become an important part of this no crosses no bible verses forget the stained glass where where is that written um let me back this up again uh, you know what do you say to critics who say that they don't see the gospel with what you guys are doing
1: um we've never been accustomed to putting lots of crosses and stained glass on our website or our bible verses um there's quite a few Bible verses, if you really dig. <laughs> if you
0: really dig, you can find a Bible verse or two.
1: Um, our response to that is, we feel like, with contemporary culture as it is, that is, that isn't a necessary thing. Everyone knows we're a Christian ministry.
0: Well, what makes you Christian if there's no Bible verses, there's no cross, there's no Jesus Christ? It's just that you're out there telling people that they can have a, a, a more satisfying life without porn.
1: People understand that that's, that's what we do. Um, you know, there isn't the five steps to Jesus on our website because we don't feel like that's what we're called to be and to do. Um, we're revamping our website, and we might include that in their next round for our website, but I doubt it.
0: a jesusless solution to pornography is not a christian solution jesus says i am the vine you are the branches you abide in me to bear fruit i think i made my point basically what you boil it, when you boil this all down the big problem with triple x church is that it's a Christless form of Christianity. It's a Christless attempt to fight pornography. It uh, it tries to correct the excesses of the jo- Greensboro Baptist Bible-thumper, hellfire, brimstone types by bringing people a softer and gentler form of Christianity that isn't in your face and isn't judgmental. The problem is it doesn't confront sins as sin, and it doesn't bring Jesus Christ as the solution. I see this new ministry this is a fairly new ministry it's been around for six years or so to be a a perfect mirror of what's going wrong in Christianity as a whole it's a seeker sensitive approach it's the purpose driven approach you know learn your purpose experience a better life uh, clean up your act try harder get accountability but um, where's the cross where's Christ where's the forgiveness of sins how can you call this a Christian ministry or even a church when Christ is not placarded, brought out, and held up as the solution, as the hope of humanity, Jesus Christ crucified for our sins. Again, they could wave their magic phallus and make pornography disappear, and they will not have made a single Christian. I'm sure we're going to be hearing from Triple X Church. I just get that feeling. All right, if you would like to sound off on today's uh, very uh, difficult topic, you can do so. You can email me at talkback at com. Talkback at com. Till next time, may God bless you.